0: Do you think that medicine should be part of the STEAM conversation or
1: you think it should be added as an additional piece or what are your thoughts around that? I think that um, medicine should be part of STEAM and if at, at a minimum, you can't really get to medicine without really mastering some of the key areas in STEAM. Welcome to the Raising the STEAM podcast hosted by M. Ross, where we're dedicated to raising the STEAM leaders of tomorrow. Discover inspiring stories, lessons learned, and actionable insights from the worlds of science, technology, engineering, art, mathematics, and medicine. Connect with us and a community of dedicated parents, educators, and STEAM supporters at RaisingTheSteam.com and at Raising the steam on social media. Together, let's ignite curiosity and drive change.
0: Welcome to the Raising the Steam podcast. I'm your host, Em Ross, and I'm here with an amazing physician, administrator, and someone I'm lucky enough to call my wife and best friend, Dr. Adia Ross. Adia, please introduce yourself.
1: Hi, it's great to be here. My name is Adia Ross, and I am a hospitalist and a healthcare administrator at a large academic health center.
0: Awesome. So, I mean, um, a big part of this podcast is me trying to help parents and educators who have uh, kids that are interested in STEAM Um, and apparently there's some controversy around if medicine should be considered a part of STEAM. I mean, clearly it's not included in the explicit science, technology, engineering, art, and math, but do you think that medicine should be part of the STEAM conversation or you think it should be added as an additional piece or what are your thoughts around that?
1: I mean, I think that medicine is definitely part of STEAM. I mean, if you think about it, I think it should be on the same, you know, probably on the same wavelength as engineering because I see both engineering and medicine as kind of like applied science where you're taking the basic science um, principles and applying them to a system, whether it's a human system, industrial engineering, computer system. And so I think they um, vary similarly. So I think that um, medicine should be part of STEAM. And if at, at a minimum, you can't really get to medicine without really mastering some of the key areas in steam.
0: That's interesting cuz you say that if you had to pick a place to put medicine that, you know, it's inherently part of you, you choose engineering. I would have thought maybe science with sort of cuz I mean, you know, people associate biology with it, but you think engineering more so?
1: Well, I think it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, but I was thinking more of the engineering analogy because I think of engineers as applied scientists really and so and you know, you have the S for science, but I think of engineers as applied science. And so, you know, I think you could choose either category. The idea though, is is I think if you're a medicine practitioner or like an engineer, you're taking all these different, the knowledge base from all these different areas and applying it. But yes, maybe it would be part of science too. You could I could see a case for that as well, but it should be in there, whether it's implied or explicit.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, the way I kind of look at it is sort of the scene as a whole is the, um, manifestation of medicine. You know, I I make a sort of analogy between Voltron, which is a cartoon from a long time ago, but uh, a lot of folks are still familiar with and, um, in medicine sort of, uh, the way Voltron was, it had these sort of robotic lions that fought against opponents and, when there was like this sort of really big opponent or difficult opponent, it would come together into this big robot called Voltron. And so sort of that's how I see um, the different components of of Steam. And sort of you put them all together and um, you know, you you, kind of get medicine.
1: That's a really good analogy.
0: Yeah, so I mean, with that being said, sort of how do you see um, the different components of Steam sort of implemented into medicine?
1: Yeah. I mean, I kind of talked a little bit about it. Um, but when you think about, you know, um, science in general, we think about, I even think about just recently the COVID vaccine and all the things that we did with that, you had microbiologists, you had geneticists, you had chemists coming together to make this vaccine to fight this novel virus. And so to me, that's an example. And then you had the physicians, um, and others and health system practitioners using their knowledge of systems theory advocacy and all those other things to get the product to the people Um, other examples um, i think really with engineering is uh, also very good one where you think about robotics and how that's really changing surgery practice where you know back in the day if you need your gallbladder out they would have to cut a big you know line down the center of your body and now that's very rare unless there's a huge complication they use robots and different technology to be able to target the area of your body where that organ is that they want to um, take out and make sure to minimize damage i think about cancer care and how chemistry and pharmacologic um things are really a part of that and how you know we've got to the point now with with even the steam um concepts that you know if you have cancer it's not just oh i have multiple myeloma here's the chemo it's like what what genetics do we understand about you and can we target the therapy so i think it's just everywhere no totally
0: i mean and then you kind of touched on science and engineering but then technology i mean Um, electronic health records, that's, that's a huge sort of technology implementation within medicine that you, that's sort of probably something you, you, you interact with uh, every day. Is that right?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that's really good that you pointed that out because obviously electronic health records really were a game changer, you know, 20, 25 years ago. Um, you know, there was a time where it's like you had paper records or if you were a patient, you wanted to find out about your results or get a copy of you had to stand in line and go and get a paper copy. Now we have those things on our devices. And so it's been a game changer, both in patient communication, um, how we collect data and how we can analyze the data and um, and has been an engine for research. Um, so it's it's been great. And I think, I you know, we haven't talked a little bit about this, but just AI, I think is another area that's burgeoning, um, that will probably be just as disruptive, or even more disruptive in a good way. Um, and maybe I should use the word innovative, um, just like electronic health records were.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and AI was something I was going to ask you about um, explicitly as well. Um, so yeah, how, kind of go into that a little bit more and how you feel like AI is going to affect things in, in medicine.
1: So I think AI is going to be, I mean, it's going to be game changers. It's really exciting. I mean, of course, there's obviously a lot of news about how do you prevent bias and those kind of things. But let's put that aside for a second and just talk about how that could really help us be more efficient. You know, there's um, technology today that can potentially listen in on a doctor-patient um, encounter and allow a doctor to um, just be listening and interact with the patient and then take all that, um, that that language and process it and start a note so that the provider is more able to be focused on the patient. When we think about just people's jobs and all of the documentation requirements like I was just talking about, it really has the ability to revolutionize how um, physicians document, how nursing um Uh, documents. And then I think about, you know, how can we look at those large um, patient populations and scrub our um, um, our electronic health records and identify um, quickly patients that are at risk for different diseases. And so it's just going to be a game changer. And it's going to be something we're also, you know, um, trying to help our medical students learn about. And so I think it's going to be really exciting. There's a lot of things that we can't even probably imagine that it's going to help us solve and be efficient.
0: Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know I agree, you know AI it's definitely going to affect things. you point out some some sort of potential application I hadn't thought about before mm-hmm. um and you know, kind of going back to this this theme in medicine, you know we we touched on science, technology, specifically, you know we- talk, um we touched on engineering, math um I guess in my mind an application will be uh, maybe more so you can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, as an administrator, the data analysis is sort of math as a math sort of core. Mm -hmm. Is that, would that be accurate?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, you have to use on some level when we do um, kind of, I'll call it process optimization, like some people may know what Lean Six Sigma is, and you do a lot of data analysis, basic statistics, understanding is something when you make a change or, you know, you add a new process, is it statistically significant? Can you say that this process has really impacted your hospital operations when you think about the finance data that you have to look at and marry that with the clinical data to figure out how to invest your money um, on the services that a community may need, or if you're trying to see how a population's being managed. So I think the math is a big part of it, and some of those models help us really discern where our opportunities are for improvement and where we should put invest our, um, our resources to optimize community wellness and health. And so um,
0: what about the the art part? Um, I was kind of wondering your perspective on that. How do you think the art piece sort of plays into medicine? If well, it does I, at all in your yeah, mind.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good question. I mean, I feel like as doctors we're people taking care of people, right? And so at a fundamental level, yes, you have the science and people expect you to be, Um, you know, technically proficient, but when I think about what what it takes to be a good doctor or even a clinician, it's both the understanding the technical aspects, the clinical competency piece, and also the humanistic side of things. And so when we think about how we're trained and the things that are really important, um, understanding, you know, the impact of how disease impacts people's um, feelings about themselves, how do we help people cope through difficult situations? How do we understand the mind? how do we use music and other art therapy to help folks? And then how do we think about the arts and whether it's uh, writing or storytelling to advocate for people and other populations? So it's there as well, um, because I think as you think about how we take those stories and make meaning out of them to move populations, it's very important, um, very important. And then also just staying resilient and being able to tell your stories are important. Yeah. And I mean,
0: we've talked about before when, I was in um, high school, you know, I, I actually hadn't even heard of an engineer until I was mm-hmm. in the 12th grade. And so um, I ended up going into engineering just because I just had a, a, a high aptitude and interest in, in math. And um, I sort of figure, you know, I really wanted to do physics, but I just sort of figure, you know, once I started learning what engineering was, that there was something that maybe was a little had a little kind of gave you a little more options. and. Mm-hmm. I think that turned out to be true, but um, early on when I realized how powerful engineering was, I was in a sort of naive, um, maybe arrogant sort of way thinking if a person wasn't an engineer, then, you know, whatever they did wasn't important. It was maybe useless. But I mean, that was obviously quite wrong. And just as I get older, I I realize how important all of these skills are and um, how they can work together. And when I started realizing how much. They came together to form medicine. I just realized the um, sort of reason that people do give medicine so much, um, uh, I guess, praise um, because, you, you know, physicians do, do a lot. And I mean, you have people who are MD, PhDs. So can you t- talk a little bit about that? People who do focus more on the sort of raw sciences and things like that?
1: Yeah. You mean um, specifically like how does that relate to steam and how medicine with the raw sciences?
0: Yeah. Like just sort of talk about the people who, cause I mean, you, you've mentioned that um, physicians in general, clinicians tend to uh, be practitioners sort of, I think you said um, applied scientists is the, is the sort of phrase you use, but then you have physicians who are clinicians, but also are sort of the uh, sort of do more bench science. Right. So, Talk about a little bit about how that might look for someone who might be interested in doing something that's both applied and um, sort of bench science.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the things I love about medicine is there's a lot of different pathways you can take once you have, an, you know, if you've seen one doctor, you've seen one doctor really. And so a lot of people, depending on what your talents are, your skills are, how you feel like you want to contribute there's a lot of different pathways. And I think that's why you know the STEAM pathway and all the science and science and math that you have to take together is because you're kinda, when you go to medical school, you're a little bit undifferentiated. And so some people may take a path like I am, where it's mainly like a clinician, educator, administrator. Other people maybe wanna do bench science and be really excited. And so that biochemistry, that mathematics, that physics ends up being very important. And so I think the MD PhD route is an interesting one and is one where I think you combine like your understanding of the human body um, and the understanding of kind of um, that applied science with with the chops to really look at these deep, very specific scientific questions. And so I think some of those people are just um, the brightest um, that, that that they can be to be able to combine both of those um, in one um, in one career. And they really have to learn how to partner with the brightest and the best PhDs in those different areas. And so, but getting it, being an MD-PhD, you've seen one MD-PhD that's only one MD-PhD because you can have people that are in getting their um, PhDs in biochemistry or chemistry or microbiology or even social sciences. So it's a variety of different ways that you can contribute if you wanna really look and take more of a scientific method approach to some of the big issues that we have that we see day to day with patients.
0: And mm. in, in your case in particular, um, when you were a kid or whenever it was, you decided you wanted to be into medicine, get into medicine, was that more from your interests in STEAM fields or was it from some other inspiration?
1: So, you know, actually it's kind of started because I was pretty sick as a little child. And so I think it really started from the experience that I that I had with a really compassionate physician. And, you know, I just felt like, wow, like he saved my life in my, in my mind and my little four-year-old mind and allowed me to go outside and be a normal kid. And so I just was like, oh gosh, I want to do this and help other people. And then out of that, you know, I actually recognized that I actually enjoyed science, and so it was a good it was a good match between my intentions and the things that I wanted to do, and that idea of vocation, and the skill set that I had, and the um, the ability I had to really look at systems things. So, yeah, I mean, I think it started from just you know my own experiences as a patient, and then it grew, and realized that I actually really enjoyed the science um, as well.
0: Um, what what would you tell parents you know who have kids who want to go into medicine? What would you advise them to do? Or or what what yeah what would you tell them? What, what advice do you have for them?
1: Well you know I think about my own parents and how they really encourage me. I say encourage them you know if they, it, it doesn't matter if your kid wants to go into medicine or anything else. I think it's important if you see that they have an aptitude or a real interest in it. How do we really develop that? Because you don't know if that's just a seed that's been plant, planted in them and that's their, they're they're going to use their talents and gifts to help humanity. Um, And there's lots of ways to help humanity move things forward. And so I would tell them to really try to nurture that. I think if they are interested in medicine, I mean, there is a process. I don't think that you have to be extra brilliant or come from certain backgrounds to be successful, but there is a process to get into medical school. And so understanding early on what they need to do to be successful and laying that groundwork, even up until middle school, because, you know, the earlier you can get um, exposure to the science and math classes, the more prepared you are for college. And then in college is when all your grades really matter. And so I think thinking about that, and if you yourselves are not in a STEAM field, you know, there's lots of, you know, doctors and pharmacists and other people um, and scientists that can mentor your child. So how do you help them get in clubs and get exposed to that so they can see themselves and those folks? But I think it's really about nurturing, about helping them understand what the process is that they need to follow, and then connecting them with others that can help them with their dreams.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, um. We kind of touched on a lot of the processes that go along with becoming a physician and a lot of the STEAM-related things. So talk about the sort of um, social side. I mean, uh, what, how is that? Like interacting with other physicians or other people that you interact with, maybe as a, a hospital administrator um, or a physician? What is, what is that like? Is that, you think, sort of representative of any type of field or is it unique in some ways?
1: You mean like the kind of the relationships that we develop with patients, or
0: maybe maybe with patients, and then also amongst the your your peers. I mean, um, as a as a hospital sort of uh, ph- based physician, um, I imagine you work with a lot of different type of people, um, other physicians as well as uh, you know people who, and and also as administrator, you know people who work in um, the IT and all these kind of things. Just sort of the the, the social piece. What is what is that like?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, in medicine in general, you're always working in a team. You know, now when I'm um, at the bedside taking care of patients, I'm working on a team with nurses, pharmacists, other physicians, physical therapists, nutritionists, social workers. And so I love that part because we're all coming together with our individual disciplines and individual perspectives and expertise for the service of the patient. And so I think that can be very fun and very intellectually stimulating working with your colleagues that have different interests. You know, I'm an internist, which is a primary care doctor, but my practice is primarily in the hospital. And I may be interacting with a diabetes doctor or a surgeon as we try to coordinate care. And so it can be very intellectually stimulating to try to figure out, okay, here, this patient has this problem. How do we come together as a team to figure out how we help them solve that? Um, On the administrative side, similarly, I work on a multidisciplinary team where you have finance people, you may have um, scientists, you have nursing leaders, administrators, and we're all working together again for the service of the patient. And so I think, you know, again, STEAM is foundational because no matter what, if you're in a healthcare environment, whether you're a healthcare practitioner or not, scientific method, looking at data, analyzing the data is a core to what we do um, because we wanna make sure that eliminate bias. And so that's just kind of imbibed in everything um, we do, embedded in everything we do.
0: And I mean that's sort of the art part as well, right? I mean um, that 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 the social piece of interacting with with people and the sort of soft skills that come along with needing to navigate people who come from different backgrounds and different um, areas of expertise and all these type of things, right?
1: Yeah, I mean you know it's interesting because you know you think about that art and I think people think about traditional arts, but I also think right. about you know how it would translate to also emotional intelligence and this idea that we're all there's a mind body connection that we're all part of a larger community. How do we create that community? How do we support people? And then how do you interact with folks so that they feel seen and heard and not just like you're a robot giving people instructions about their health. They wanna have a connection. And I think arts, whether it's through listening about their stories as we try to come together and figure out how to treat their illness together, the patient and the provider, it's there and it's within everything we do.
0: Mm. So, I mean, you and I, you know, we've uh, been married 13 years now Um this, this episode. We wanted to focus on steam and how that might relate to medicine. But, um, you know, you we talked about you coming on to to, to multiple episodes. And another one we're going to talk about is, um, you know, marriage of between, you know, when someone. or both partners are from from steam background. So I just want to give a little preview of. Um, What that might look like so um just just give a little synopsis on uh what that might look like if one of the parents are in the um like like, let's just say medicine in particular because it's very as we know you know as a married couple very demanding field in general right
1: yeah i mean i think that's gonna be a really interesting topic because i think it um you know you have two people that have very demanding careers um, and trying to balance it all. And then I think, you know, it's just an interesting thing to be having two applied sciences to raise children yeah. and how you see the world yeah. um, and how that affects um, what you teach them and, and what you talk about um, and how you approach problems, even in your house. So that'll be an interesting episode for yeah, sure. Yeah.
0: All right. The love of my life, Dr. Adia Ross. Thank you for being a part of this episode. And uh, we will see you next time.